Operin, Dodge, get in here. What can we help you with, Mr. Jameson? I can't believe I hired you idiots. You've been here for less than two hours and you haven't brought me a single usable picture. Hey, what was wrong with my picture of two birds on a park bench? Ah, useless. I need to sell papers. How about this one? I took of a bank robbery in progress. Nope. How about a raccoon stealing a moped? Ah, hell no. Then what do you want? Bring me pictures of Spider-Man! Ah, where can I? I don't care how you do it! Just go out and do the job I don't pay you to do! DJ Redbeard, DJ Morgs, we're hopping on the mic as we're dumb and bored. I got the info, I got the takes. Join us for an hour, cause you're better off late. Listen while you're doing your dishes. Take a small walk. Welcome, Welcome everybody for some home good small talk. I'm Morgan, and my spectacular co-host here is is. Is his name's Connor. Connor's on sabbatical, honey. Oh no. Who is this? There is no Connor. Only Zool. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went to. I couldn't decide which one I wanted to go with. You know that was pretty close to the Goblin when he was like, "Norman's not here anymore." So yeah. Well, if you haven't uh, been able to tell by the name of this podcast episode, you're listening to our bonus episode three, our last one of the holidays. Kind of, sort of, will they, won't they? Yes, we will. Um, But we're doing a Spider-Man spoiler cast because we were excited about No Way Home and we needed to tell the people about it. Right, Connor? Absolutely. It's one of the most ambitious movies I've ever seen. Ever. But uh, before we get into the nitty gritty, uh, you know, it's been a few weeks. Uh, We've been on some vacation, had some time off. Let's catch up a little bit. How are you doing, man? Uh, Today was my first day back after being on vacay. Vacay. And it was really awkward waking up this morning at four o'clock in the morning to go to work. Yeah, that's a big nope for me. Yeah, but, I mean, there was another highlight today, though. What was that? Well, Morgan, you started a new position. I did. I got promoted. Yeah. Yeah, I am now in charge of more things. But I get paid a salary, and that's cool. (laughs) Dollar, dollar bills, yo. Dollar, dollar bills, yo. I mean, not that many dollar, dollar bills, but enough to keep financially afloat so there's that's something to celebrate Woo! Uh, <laughs> no it was good um a lot of reading today uh just training i'll be in training for like almost like a month or so um but i'll be working normal shifts during that so it's not like i won't be busy um but yeah man uh everything's good holidays are kind of a mess but we're happy we're healthy now Kristen and I both had our birthdays, so that's cool. We're both old. And, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Life's good. How are you? How was your uh, VKK? It was good. I got to see my mom for a week. Nice. Went down. uh, Got to pet the dogs a lot. That's always good. 
they are crazy dogs, but you know what? They're fun to play. They're fun to play with and pet. Yeah. And yeah, played. Let's see, what have I been playing? Ooh, yeah. Um, a lot of Stardew Valley. Okay. Okay. I actually finally got Battlefield Twenty Forty Two. Nice. And <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I've been playing um, uh, Knights of Amalur, I believe is the name of the game, Re-Reckoning on the Switch. Ah, uh, yes. Is it Knights or Kingdoms of Amalur? I can't remember. But it's one of those. You know, Knights and Kingdoms go hand in hand. So I think Maybe it's Kingdoms. But I've been enjoying that. I'm not super far in the game, but I'm enjoying it. Solid, solid. Yeah, I've been I've been playing a lot of video games and stuff too. Uh, I'll kind of like name stuff. I want to go. I want to deep dive next week. You know, you know what I mean. But like, uh, been playing a little bit of Metroid Dread, so that's cool. Um, what is it? Uh, Super um, Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. And uh, I'm deciding to pick up another sports game because why not make myself miserable? I'm playing 2K now, like the nba 2k 22 so that's pretty cool i'm really 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 bad at it but that's what's keeping it interesting i gotta gotta learn gotta get better gotta get good kid but yeah like um everything's good you know um and really going off of that connor you know what was really good this uh these last few weeks well i'll tell you what i'll tell you podcast man podcast man does whatever a podcast can pulls a podcast out their butt catches pizza like the hut look out here comes podcast man look out here comes the podcast man spider-man no way home oh yeah that was awesome that was pretty it was pretty sweet man um you know, if if you haven't seen the movie yet, like probably you shouldn't you should probably take a hold and wait to listen to this episode because we're gonna talk yeah. about it. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, it's in the name. I mean, a spoiler cast does insinuate some things, but in case you didn't catch the memo, we will be spoiling Spider-Man: No Way Home. So, that we will. Yeah, so let's get into it. I think we're gonna go in chronological order. You know, I've heard some podcasts in the past call themselves Quran Pods, and I don't necessarily think we've always been that, but we will be today for sure, for sure. So let's let's get started. Let's talk about the beginning of this movie. I like to split this movie into three parts, you know. And uh, yeah, let's talk about the beginning. So let's let's talk about the plot real quick, right? Let's kind of yeah. just set set up the scene. You want me to talk about this? You want to dive in? So, we pick up immediately after Far From Home ended. <gasps> they're in, it's Times Square, right? Yeah, yeah, they're in Times Square. Okay, cool. I don't know my geography very well. That's okay. Fortunately, I have a city resident here to <laughs> fact check me. And he's standing on a pole or something. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, J.K. Simmons appears. <gasps> and J.K. Simmons drops a bombshell. Peter Parker, Spider-Man. And 
All of a sudden. Oh, and. He murdered Mysterio, the greatest hero ever. Oh, no. And now everyone hates Peter Parker. He's bombarded by news people, and he's being sued by the British. <laughs> and who's he going to call for his lawyer? Go- not the Ghostbusters. Not the Ghostbusters. Could not afford the rights, even though Sony owns them. Yep. But you know who he did call? I I think his moniker is Daredevil. It is. <gasps> but he's just a really good lawyer in this movie. Oh, that's fair. But he's a superhero, right? So his name must be alliterated. Right? That is true. Oh. He is a Stanley creation. Oh, okay. So what's his name? Daredevil. Well, I mean, like, his other name. Oh. Matt Murdock. Ah, yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. He doesn't appear as Daredevil in the movie, just as Matt Murdock. But he's but he does back. catch it. He's back, baby. Yeah, he gets Peter out of legal trouble, catches a brick, and disappears. Yeah, he literally catches a brick. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, after that, though, the reputations are kind of ruined. You know, even though they got out of the legal trouble, they couldn't get out of the public perception trouble, am I right? So... Uh, Peter, MJ, and Ned uh, had, were applying for colleges, and their their top pick. Well, they got rejected by everything else too, but their top pick, MIT, rejected them. Based rejected. On, rejected based on recent controversies. So you know, Peter, being the good friend that he is, uh, goes to the New York Sanctum to talk to uh, Doctor Strange. You know, good old Stephen Strange, and ask for help. Uh, he's no longer the Sorcerer Supreme, by the way. He's not. It's a pretty, pretty fun little twist there. But, you know, things happen. Doctor Strange makes a spell for Peter, but Peter's annoying, so they mess up the spell. Uh, and then they think they contain it, right? They think it, they think it works out. Like, not the spell works, but, like, they think there's no consequences to what happened. Wrong. Wrong. So what happens then, Connor? Well... Doctor Strange gives Peter the idea to try to hunt down the admissions officer by calling the most annoying character on the planet on the phone and figure out where she is. And he hunts her down on a bridge, and just when he's tap tap tapping on her window, trying to talk to her, we see a familiar face. What face do we see? Hello, Peter. It's Alfred Molina Dockock. Wait a minute. That's the Tobey Maguire universe, Sam Raimi. What's he doing there? Well, he's looking for his machine. <gasps> the power of the sun is hand. Or his claws, if you will. Uh-huh. And he's willing to kill Peter to find out where his machine went. But... He breaks off his nanobite armor and makes a weird discovery. You're not Peter Parker. Wait a second. And after that discovery, they, they you know, they they um work out some issues, and um Peter Peter uh, overcomes the battle. He wins. He defeats Otto Octavius. But, you know, right after that, 
There's another familiar noise sound. <laughs> yeah, Connor's cackle was in the movie. It's pretty crazy. But no, it was the one, the only, Norman Osborn. Who, who's Norman Osborn played by? Oh my goodness. Who is Norman Osborn played by? None other than William Defoe. And William you know, Defoe! A, a little uh, spoiler alert he is Defoe in this movie. <laughs> but don't worry, we don't get to see that fight right now because Doctor Strange teleports Peter back to the sanctum and locks Doc Ock in a cell next to um, another familiar face, right? I think it's uh, next to Kurt Connors. None other than the lizard himself. But wait a minute. This lizard, this is the one. Hey, this is the one from that Amazing Spider-Man movie, huh? Pretty crazy. So what's going on here? There's a lot going on, I think. Seems like it. So, you know, Doctor Strange explains that before he was able to contain the spell, right? Um, Something happened, you know? And some people from other universes who know who Spider-Man is got into this universe. So he asks, Pete, or he orders, but really he says please after MJ forces him to. Uh, he asks and orders Peter, MJ, and Ned to find and capture them. And, you know, with that said, let's, uh, let's say we finish part one here. So, Connor, what are your thoughts so far? I only at this point have one major grievance with the movie. What's that and grievance? That grievance is a continuity issue where when the Green Goblin appears on the bridge, Octavia says Osborne. Because that doesn't make any sense because the Green Goblin's secret identity wasn't revealed. Hmm. No one knew who the Green Goblin was in that continuity other than Peter. Oh, interesting. And I guess, I guess there... You, you'd assume that when him and Harry talked in the second movie that he probably didn't mention that. Well, Harry didn't find out until, until the, the end third, of the second movie. Oh, yeah, that's true. Hmm. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's interesting there. Yeah, so that's a minor continuity error right there. Yeah, I do love, this This will come up more later, but I do love that they do get into the strain relationship between Octavius and um, uh, Osborne, but that's yes, never that really cool. touched about in the movies uh, that much. But Yeah, other than some exposition in the second Raimi movie. Yeah. But, you know, I think I actually uh, cut the beginning, middle, and end a little wrong when I was explaining it right then, but that's okay. You know, I really like the vibes at the beginning of the movie. I think it's pretty dark and sad. Honestly, I got, like, a little bit of anxiety when Peter and MJ and Ned really are all dealing with the social pressure of um, the whole, like, Mysterio revelation and... You know, I thought it was a little bit unbelievable after Endgame that <laughs> the world would kind of turn on Peter Parker <laughs> or like Spider-Man in general and just trust Mysterio out of nowhere. But, you know, I, I do like that there was a good it was a good enough excuse for the city to turn on him. And I hope that in the future, I know with all this resolved, I, I still hope there's some type of thing with that because we need more of the. Spider-Man's a menace. It's kind of fun. It's fun. 
Yeah, you know, I don't know. The whole spell thing was pretty lame, too. Like, yes, it was very comic booky. I could see this happening. But also, not all comic books are good, and that's why they're not all made and adapted in the movies, right? So, uh, you know, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock is awesome. It's so good to see him back. Um, man, I don't know. That was really cool. <laughs> Did you like that whole yeah. bridge scene besides yeah. like, that interaction that you mentioned? It was a very good scene. And one thing I really like about Spider-Man versus some of the other superhero movies is in every single portrayal of Spider-Man, it doesn't matter if it's a Raimi movie or a Andrew Garfield movie, you will see in fight scenes, Spider-Man is actively working on damage control while fighting the villain. Yes. So you see him saving people as he's fighting the villain. So... Other th- that's why, and I think in some of these movies, how they justify, you know, Spider-Man not beating Doc Ock in the first encounter because he's so concerned with trying to help people. And I liked that he was actively trying to protect the admissions counselor or officer at the beginning of the movie. I just think it would have been cooler if there was more people in trouble who Peter was actively trying to save because you know, cars explode and they get thrown willy-nilly. Yeah. And I guess you could safely assume that everyone else got off the bridge, but eh, really? Do you think everyone else, everyone got out of the car and ran? I I um, I thought the comedy worked pretty well in this movie, but I, for the most part, there's some cringy stuff. But I was going to say, I did think it was pretty rough when she finally got freed at, at, at the end of the fight and she kind of, like, curses Doc Ock. You know? Oh yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh! Like, stop! Like this naughty man. <laughs> yeah. It gave me uh, Aunt May from the first the Raimi uh, movie vibes. I guess middle aged to older women just aren't uh, scared by him. You know. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe that says something about him. I don't know. I don't know. But you know what, Connor? You know what I do know? What? It's time to move on. So Doctor Strange has thrown down the gauntlet. He said, hey guys, you're going to capture these other people because I believe there are probably like three more or so. You're going to Scooby-Doo this crap. Yeah, but he, he said that and he said it twice. And um, yeah, he said that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, in the trailer. Next scene is pretty cool. They, um, they end up locating Electro and Sandman. And one of the cooler shots of the movie is when Peter is, like, swinging to the woods. I don't know if you remember what shot I'm talking about. It's kind of like at sunset when he's just going. You see, like, the tree line yeah. behind him. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And then, I really liked the golden suit he had, or black and gold suit. That suit was pretty cool. I wish they, like, explained it more continuity-wise. Like well, I mean, just his suit inside out. Yeah. I just wish they talked about it more. I don't know. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so that's the big fight scene with Electro. And my favorite part of this twist, Connor, is Sandman is on his side. And it makes sense with how the third Spider-Man, original third Spider-Man movie ended. But it was nice to see them actually like embracing that idea a little bit. And I, I thought that was a pretty cool and unique fight. But uh, basically, the whole summary of that is they uh, retrieve both of them. So now, the only... What? What was that? 
And a tree. And a tree. They did get a tree. I like that comedy bit. That was pretty funny to me. Uh, with Ned being all dumb. <laughs> um, and then there's one more villain left. Right, Connor? Yep. And Norman Osborn is back, baby. And he regains control of himself from his split Green Goblin personality. And that's great. And he's like this old, shriveled, scared man. He goes to feast, which I'm so glad they brought back, by the way. Uh, they go to, he goes to feast, and Aunt May is there. And she's comforting, comforting him while she contacts Peter to come pick him up. And while they're doing this, um, you know, uh, Aunt May kind of starts giving him, uh, like, Peter a little uh, guilt trip about how reformation is an important thing that heroes need to embrace and start doing. And, you know, he takes that into consideration but doesn't really, isn't quite there yet. So whatever, he goes and gets Osborne and brings him back to the sanctum. And Doctor Strange is there, man. And he's like, all right, here's the deal. I'm going to reverse the spell, but uh, it's going to take everyone back to exactly where they were when we left them. And uh, through all the villains talking to each other, uh, they kind of realize and grasp the concept that, yeah, they're all going to die because they died in their movies. And that kind of stinks. <laughs> So, I think that's kind of when Peter realizes, um, hey, let's not do that, because this Peter Parker is um, definitely a little bit more sympathetic, I feel like, than some of the other ones have been in the past. And really, I mean, he's younger, he's a little bit more gullible, uh, he sees the world in a brighter, brighter set of eyes, for reasons we'll get into a little bit later. But he still thinks uh, that there's chance for rehabilitation, just like his Aunt May said. So what does he do? He brings them all to Aunt May. <laughs> and um, this is where one of the most interesting theme, uh, scenes in the movie takes place, in my opinion, Connor. This is where um, Peter finally gets to embrace his scientific self in the MCU. He also beats up Doctor Strange and leaves him abandoned in the mirror dimension. You know, I left out that part. <laughs> I can't believe I did. Connor, you want to talk about that for a second? Sure. So Peter tries to steal the cube, the magic cube from Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange pursues him. They get into a fight. Doctor Strange takes him to the mirror dimension, and Peter outsmarts him, ties him up, steals his ring, and abandons him, presumably to die. Because, honestly, how is Peter going to get him back, like, get him back his ring or, you know... Is he just going to hope Wong finds him? Oh, for sure. And, like, come on, Peter outsmarted him? I'm sorry. Math? Well, he did use geometry, because <laughs> the mirror dimension uses geometry. Yeah, but, like, come on. I'm, I'm glad he won the fight. I'm glad he won the fight. But anyway, so that was the whole catalyst for them, uh, for Peter taking all the baddies to Aunt May's um, well, to really the Happy Hogan's crib where Aunt May is staying with Peter for other reasons. But, so they're there. Peter um, starts working with Norman Osborn on a uh, replacement chip for um, Otto Octavius's um, 
device i don't know what you would call it cybernetic limbs yeah for his cybernetic limbs and they bust it by jove they've got it they work together with both their genius minds and they actually heal i wouldn't say heal they they cure i don't know they help they assist doc off with his ailment and he is able to freely think again and have control over his body which is beautiful so then uh otto octavius and norman osborne start working together to help him out and find an antidote or a cure to um, his ailments with the uh, toxin. What was the name of it? It was a super soldier serum. Okay. So they're looking for a solution to the serum. And, you know, they're they're working on it. They kind of think they got it. In the meantime, Peter came up with this pretty cool device to uh, kind of take most of the electricity out of Electra's body. And it's starting to work. But... You know, as all good things of tension, there's time in play here, Connor. And in order for um, Electro to fully be, I guess, let's just say cured for the sake of like having a word for it. uh, In order for Electro to be cured, um, it takes a lot of time to actually, not a lot of time, it takes time to actually get to that point. And you could visibly see it on this device that is on Electro. And as that's starting to happen, you're like, wow, man, this can't be the end of the movie. This is way too short. Something's going on here. And then, oh, side point. Let's just talk the lizard, okay? Where's the lizard in all of this? He's in a truck outside. (laughs) Yep, just waiting. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll get into it when we actually start talking about this section. But, man, that was something. Um, Sandman's chilling too in the apartment, but they, they haven't gotten to him yet. They're going to fix everyone else first, it seems like. But, okay, the time is ticking down. We're waiting for Electro to be healed or cured as they're also working on Norman's serum. And then Peter's spider senses start going off. And he walks around that apartment. He's like, something's afoot here. And he can't quite seem to figure it out. And everyone's like, what's going on, Peter? And he turns and tries to thwart Norman Osborn's plans as he is turned back into the Green Goblin, baby. In mind, not, you know, he doesn't have a suit or anything on right now. But they get into a big fight. And while they're doing that, the catalyst of that is, oh, the correlation is that Electro takes off the thing. He's like, nah, I'm, a, I'm not going to be normal again. And we are who we choose to be. We've been given gifts gods do not choose wow that's beautiful i think that's what he said yeah i think it's pretty close to that if not exactly those words <laughs> but then peter fights the green goblin and boy do they fight wrestling moves and all <laughs> they pretty much destroy the building they're in yeah yeah 70 year old willem dafoe absolutely kicks tom holland's buttocks. it's pretty fun to watch i i very much enjoyed it and i liked how campy the fight was I'll say that. I'm glad it wasn't very grounded. <laughs> I mean, it quite literally got grounded because during this fight, uh, Peter managed to like kind of signal Aunt May to get out of that apartment, right? So she's heading down stairs. And as she gets there, um, and she's about to leave the building, um, Green Goblin and Peter fall all the way through to the bottom floor, to the like main floor. And they're fighting, they're fighting. And Green Goblin gets the upper hand. He's going to kill our boy. And Aunt May, 
Aunt May is like, nah. So she gets what she thinks is the real, like, proper serum and um, injects it into uh, Norman. And it doesn't work. There could be a lot of um, a lot of reasons for that. My theory, you know, he, he, he I think he turned in the Green Goblin earlier than um, they kind of projected in the movie. But anyway, it doesn't work. And this fight keeps getting worse, and Norman's about to leave. And what's he do? He throws some of his little bombs in the building. And Peter's like, oh, no. So he jumps. He tries to help himself and May. Well, he really just tries to help May and shield her. But as we learn, after, like, another three minutes and a lot of sadness and everything, Aunt May dies and says the line, she says the line, man, with great power, comes great responsibility. She says it a little bit differently, but it's pretty, it's closer than any other references have been in any of these movies to it. Yeah, a lot closer than uh, Amazing Spider-Man did, which they eventually retconned. Yes. And Connor, that is the end of the middle of the movie. What are your thoughts? Well, I definitely like the way they're showing the villains interacting with each other it's just really fun because you don't really think of them as anything other than the villains Mm -hmm. the one thing i find really cool about green goblin is he was trying to replicate the super soldier serum that captain america used and the famous words of dr erskine the serum amplifies what's already there so my theory for that is, you know, Dexter kind of has his dark passenger. Yeah. Well, I my theory is that Norman Osborn's always had like that dark side to him. That's how he, you know, became a successful businessman, hmm. but he doesn't indulge it. But the serum enhanced his dark side and it finally came out. And that's what the Green Goblin is. It's not like... Maybe it's a split personality, which definitely is in the movies, but it's not like it created it. It just built off of what was already there. Yeah. But that's my theory. Yeah, sure. Man, a film theory. A film theory. Yeah, I this part of the movie is pretty interesting. Uh, I love the character interactions, kind of like you were talking about here. Uh, the biggest thing... A few things. I really hated them writing Doctor Strange out of the movie. I mean, I know they kind of had to, to like have this conflict actually happen. But He's getting his own movie. I mean, yeah, I just didn't like it. I, I don't know. Wasn't a fan of how they did it. They could, I don't know, whatever. But um, and then the whole reform concept. I mean, we've seen time and time again that this Peter doesn't think anything through, and like this was clearly a mistake from the get go. Especially doing it so, like, in Hogan's apart, like, Happy's apartment. Like, why? I do find anywhere else to do this? I don't know. They could have still done it in the Sanctum. Why didn't they just do it there? Oh, wait, never mind. I take the, that all back. It's because of uh, Stark's equipment there. Yeah. Yeah. Happy had the magic device that made it so that you can build. He had the fancy 3D printer. Yes, you're right. I take that back. Anyway, I wish they, they could have moved it or something i don't know i still didn't like that they just did it there and kept may there and everything just... they could have t- 
taking control of Doc Ock like a drone. <laughs> They're like ten blocks away, like watching through an Oculus Rift. Like, okay, Doc, now uh, the combination for the door is five four. Like, <laughs> and he's like, this is embarrassing. <laughs> see, I'm not a video game character. See, that would have been fun, but then Aunt May wouldn't have died. And you know, okay, so. This this more goes into the end. Okay, well, actually, hold on. I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, well, let's go back to the lizard. I hated the whole concept that they even let the lizard stay in the van. That was one of the dumbest things. <laughs> Why didn't they just leave him at the sanctum if he didn't want to participate? It's so silly that I feel like the lizard is the one villain who participated the least in this movie. It was so bad. I mean, even Sandman had more time, and he was useless, too. But... Yeah. And I, he wasn't even in the movie. They used archive footage, and they paid the voice actor to literally phone it in. Oh, interesting. Thomas Hayden Church, yeah. Huh. All that footage is of him in human form is um, stock footage. They hired him for his voice, and hmm. then they CGI'd him in. That's why he was sand the whole time. Oh. Because uh, COVID. Oh, that is he so He didn't want to be on set. That is very, very neat. But, I mean, and uh, his performance was better. Uh, to be fair, I think the Amazing Spider-Man Lizard was just such a awful variation oh, of it. Oh, Peter Parker. And, I mean, there was already a good uh, Connors in the original Spider-Man movies. Well, that was Spider-Man know, 4, though. I know. He was supposed to be the big bad with the vulture. And, I listen, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, but carnage. one of my favorite all-time scenes uh, was um, when Peter's spider sense was going off. That scene was so cool. <laughs> I thought that was the best visualization of spider sense in any the of these Peter movies. Uh, the, yeah, the Peter Tingle as reference later. Did they talk about it earlier, too? Well, they talked about the Peter Tingle in the previous movie. Oh, that's true. Okay, well, the Peter Tingle is at its full full glory here and i just love that scene and i loved that like green goblin acknowledged it (laughs) like oh that's a neat power you have there or something like that or like a neat trick i think he said something like that. that's a neat trick yeah be ashamed if i killed your aunt (laughs) and that he did and man well basically he starts right near the end of the or the beginning of the third section but the implication of May dying here and this really being Peter's big um, change, like his big moment, his big tragedy that he faces in his life. Yeah, I know there's Tony and all that, but it wasn't the same. This is, I, I'd like to argue this is way more impactful for him in the long run. And especially with Aunt May saying the line here, it's really cool that the MCU decided to flip the script and have this be his Uncle Ben moment. Yeah, they got tired of continuously killing Uncle Ben, so they decided to reverse and kill Aunt May for once. So this time they killed him off screen, and it wasn't impactful to Peter, apparently. Nope. Nope, which is great. Uh, and then the cool thing about that, too, is, yeah, Peter's been Spider-Man for a little bit now, and he's gone on quite a few um, bigger adventures. This is really like Spider-Man's origin, you know? 
like in mythos and everything when he loses uncle ben like this that's when really spider-man is really truly becomes a character and i love that they took a whole trilogy to get to this point and it makes me really excited for what's coming next like past this movie but i digress uh i'm also really sad for happy i mean yeah i know he already just got dumped but like to see the person he just uh, who just dumped him like get murdered really sucks. And so, his apartment got destroyed. And his apartment got destroyed. And his best friend slash boss just died a few years before that. Not not good times. No, a few weeks. Oh goodness, you're right. Ah oh, man, yeah, that's really tough. Poor Happy man. And I think he got arrested. Yeah, he did. So, in summary, Happy is sad. Okay, <laughs> let's He's get... sad, Pete. Oh, and he has sleep apnea. He does! Oh, man. Let's get into the third act of this movie, Connor. You ready for this? Sure. You want to you wanna lead us in here? So, we get into the third act. We cut to Lola's house. Lola! Hi, Lola's guys! Sorry. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> so, big mouth references aside. Yes. We are in Ned's grandmother's apartment, or Lola's apartment. And MJ and Ned are worrying about Peter. And they're wondering whether or not they should push the button. And Ned, he's wearing... He's wearing Doctor Strange's ring because his Lola insists that he's magic. And he moves his hand and just says, I wish Peter was here. And he opens a portal. <gasps> was and Peter on the a... other side? Yes, Peter was on the other side. Oh. And Peter comes running up. Because they called out Peter. And he comes running and running. But wait a minute. Peter's wearing a different costume than usual. Huh. He pulls his mask off. It's not Tom Holland. It's Peter Parker. Yeah, it's Peter Parker, <laughs> as portrayed by Andrew Garfield. What? <laughs> In my theater. Well, little clapping. Yeah. Woo! And they start talking. He's like, prove that you're Spider-Man. And he hangs from the ceiling. And Lola makes him get a web from the corner. It's fun. Yeah, I like that part. That was funny. And then they open another portal. And it's Tobey Maguire. Oh my gosh. Tobey Maguire's on the other side. And he does the meme. <laughs> you know, I really, I thought it was funny that they did it in that order too. Obviously he was more anticipated, but I couldn't see them trying to do the prove your Spider-Man part to Tobey Maguire and not <laughs> Andrew Garfield. I, I just think their Spider-Man are very different. <laughs> Yeah. At this point, your theater might have lost its head because everyone's cheering and whatnot and clapping. Woo. And I might have been half that noise. <laughs> because it's Tobey Maguire! The real Spider-Man. I haven't seen him in like 15 years. And you know what? It's glorious. He's wearing street clothes. <laughs> and they all get talking and they want to know, where's Peter? Does he have a special place? Because we sense he needs our help. Aww. And they go to the roof of the school and find Peter. He's bloody and beaten and he's been shot. 
and he just lost his sexy aunt. Yeah, she did. And he's sad and crying. The world's out to get him, and he's screwed up. He thought he could reform these villains, but he's going to get with the other three Peters, and they're going to work hard in the science lab. And Toby's going to flex on them by showing off his built-in web shooters. And Annette is going to be told that Toby's best friend tried uh, became evil and tried to kill him, and in return, he died. And Andrew's going to tell the exact same thing. Yeah, and then Ned gets Except really uncomfortable. And he's like, I promise I won't turn into Hobgoblin in the next trilogy, I swear. <laughs> I swear I won't become magic and try to murder you. Yeah, I swear that, that won't happen. Um. So, <laughs> they all get to work. They start devising cures. Ways that they can help these villains after all because toby never stopped wondering what would have happened with the green goblin so he actually already has devised a cure and they just magically get all these cures together with equipment that you'd find in the average high school chemistry lab they're like really smart okay connor well it is a city school so okay maybe they have the funding for that Uh... (laughs) so they all suit up and it's ready for the final battle (sighs) and where do they do this final battle Connor the statue of Captain America Illity they do and it's under construction because they're still adding Cap's big ol shield and how do do they lure the villains in I don't remember they hit up um, they uh Tom Holland's Peter calls in to Mr. J. Oh, yes. And lures them over there. I remember now, yes. Yeah, that was pretty fun. And then the fight begins. That's a pretty cool fight. There's a lot of Spider-Man. There's a lot of bad guys. Uh, You know, they defeat the bad guys. Wow, Doctor Strange comes back because Ned... um, does something with the slip ring and Doctor Strange comes and he's like, oh man, everything's getting worse. Let me work on that. And that's why Doctor Strange can't participate, you know, it just the movie would be over. But it's it's all fine and dandy. He's helping out. He's uh, preventing the world from opening up and like even more people coming through. So while he's doing that, the Spider-Man are all fighting the bad dudes. And they have some really nice moments after uh, they heal all the bad dudes um, with their respective... So the villains and their respective Spider-Man kind of chat and have a nice chit-chat. But there's one villain left, right? And it's the Green Goblin. And Tom Holland's Peter, or Spider-Man, goes over to him and starts beating the poop out of him. He's like, I want your stomach to be empty. And he starts punching him a lot. And it's looking pretty rough. And then he goes for the final death blow. And then our boy Toby Maguire comes out in between them and says, Hey man, don't do that. And Peter, Tom Holland is like, okay, you're right. But then... He gets stabbed! He gets stabbed in the back. Our boy Toby, and you're like, no, I can't yep, deal that's what with. I said. Yeah, right. Pretty much exactly that. I can't can't deal with any more loss in this movie. 
and then it doesn't mean anything and uh they they fix the portal everyone goes home but there's one caveat the the when the one thing they had to reverse the spell right by making a new spell and what do they do peter's like i want everyone not to forget about spider-man or mysterio no 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 no. they gotta forget about your boy peter parker and it works everyone goes back to their universe and um yeah so they kind of don't explain how any of this works but uh ned and mj get in the mit and that's great peter's alive and he doesn't have a social security card or a birth certificate but hey he's there and <laughs> he he goes to explain himself to mj and kind of like give a reintroduction and you know it's it's too much for him so he doesn't he leaves them to leave live a better life without him and it's really sad there's also a nice moment that peter has with happy at aunt may's uh grave and that's really sad too and that's the end of the normal part of the movie but before we talk about part three let's talk about the after credits and or the mid credit we don't really have to talk about the after credit because that was a doctor strange movie trailer but venom venom got the adrenaline venom. um ignoring the eminem song uh this mid-credit scene calls directly back to the mid-credit scene from Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. And man, Eddie Brock and Venom are in the MCU for like, I don't know, like a minute total, right? Roughly? Just long enough to get drunk. Yeah. Yeah, they're at the bar, they're at like a tiki bar, they're hitting up the waiter or the bartender, they're telling them all these stories, and then, boom, they're gone but they left behind a little goo a little symbiote to tease for the future uh yes the cringy venom of the venom movie (laughs) and uh they didn't want to pay tom hardy more for in this universe so they sent him back but they left the suit the little black symbiote to somehow infect someone again and continue that story so connor what do you think of part three the ending of this movie well going right off the after credits sure or mid credits i was a little annoyed that the venom showed up in the marvel mcu the logic i've seen for that is um i guess during the mid credit of venom venom says exposition like all the symbiotes share a hive mind across the multiverse or something. Yeah, it's pretty, like, it's very much put in there for this case. Yeah, and that's the explanation people are using for how he found out that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. Yeah, um, and I, I see where you're going there, and I, I kind of agree with you. I It doesn't bother me as much, but in that logic, doesn't that make you more mad that Electro is even there? Well, yeah, because he never found out in the Andrew Garfield movies. No, exactly. So that that is more what I'm annoyed about. <laughs> Although they had a, that pretty funny interaction at the end of the movie <laughs> with Electro and, and... Yeah, it's almost like they were even aware of the plot hole. Yeah. And, um, you know, Electro goes to uh, 
um, Andrew Garfield after he takes off his mask and he's like, oh man, I just always assumed you're like a black kid from the city. And like, they have like a little laugh over it. And, um, yeah, it was a funny scene. It was a good scene, but yeah, they, they kind of like straight up acknowledged the pothole right there. And they straight up acknowledged Miles Morales. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. That was really cool. They need to give him a movie now. I mean, oh, like a live action movie. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, he's starting in another one. Yeah, and I'm hyped for that, but I want an actual, well, Into the Spider-Verse is probably one of the best Spider-Man movies ever. I want a live-action Miles. That would be really cool. But yeah, man, um, hmm. yeah, I, the lab scene was really cool. I loved, okay, ooh, I'm I'm jumping a little ahead of myself. I loved the the introductions for all the Spider-Men. They were cheesy, but it was fun, like, I wrote this. Intro scenes were drawn out of fan service, but I ain't mad. <laughs> it worked. It was fan service, and it was great. <laughs> uh, it was so great to see them all back. I genuinely loved the scene when they meet up with Tom Holland's Spider-Man and kind of console him and talk about the loss in their lives. Uh, I thought that was really good. And it also, that's kind of where we get the tidbits that Uncle Ben wasn't really a big factor in the the MCU's Spider-Man's life, whether or not that means he died when he was young or like they divorced or something. We don't know. We know he existed because they've referenced him in the past in the other movies. He So he's existed. He was married to Aunt May or at least had a, you know, we're together, but it's cool that they kind of uh, deviated that way and also had time to reflect. You know, I feel like there is a lot of this movie, especially with the rumors of all three Spider-Man being in it together. And it's like you could draw up all these situations in your head, right? Of, oh, what can they talk about? What they can, what can they say together to each other? And the cool thing is they do a lot of that. You know, you had mentioned earlier that they uh, they brought up Tobey Maguire's uh, uh, spider webs like in his fluid and the fact that he makes it himself like with his arm, like with his wrists. And, like, that's, like, a funny little fan service thing that everyone's like, man, that would be weird if they ever talk about that. And that was cool. Um, they There's the big scene um, in the fight when uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man kind of gets his big redemption moment where he saves MJ instead of um, seeing the same fate that Gwen Stacy did in, her, in his original movies. And, you know, that was cool, too. They didn't talk about it much, but you got... You got to see his reaction and kind of understood exactly what was going on in that moment, which is cool. The lab scene was cool. It was great to see all of them being smart together. Uh, I did like the whole Ned interaction with talking about how he would never be Peter's villain. Although, like, there are roots of that in the comics, so it's kind of funny that 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 interaction even happens. And I think it would be even weirder and clever if it actually happens in the future. Now, especially with the implication that, you know, they've never met, so they don't have any of that background. And that would just crush Peter even more, you know? True. To, like, know that they were once best friends and he's still like that. So who knows, you know? Um, Talking about the actual Statue of Liberty fight... It was a little hard to distinguish between the Spider-Men when the action was happening, but I don't know. It still worked. Like, I didn't need to know which one was which. Like, it was really cool. <laughs> uh, I loved the villain interactions and, like, how they all talked. 
when when Doc Ock uh, met up with uh, Toby Maguire, and it you know it's like oh look at you boy you've grown and it's like oh, it's so sweet because they still have that strong relationship that strong bond even after everything that's happened it's so cool I don't know um seeing the Tom Holland's like rage towards the Green Goblin actually still persist and almost being a life-changing moment in itself was really cool and I thought it was very interesting to see Tobey Maguire Spider-Man kind of be the mature one in that situation and like talk about his loss and his rage and cool him off so that's really cool and then the fake out sucked man I don't want that <laughs> don't play with my heart why do I need to know why do I need to think that Toby died that's not fun Ugh, that was brutal that, we didn't need that <laughs> they didn't need to kill my favorite superhero growing up yeah that was that was just rude uh I like the spell decision the whole Tom Holland spider-man deciding the world doesn't need a Peter Parker uh the implications of it make no sense and hopefully They've been decent at explaining the some of these potholes in future movies, so I don't know what they're gonna do. But like, how far does that really go? Like, does he exist? I mean, yes, he's physically alive, but like, what what does that mean? You know, I don't know. Well, one thing I'm really concerned about is his spell. In order to subvert the spell that was dragging the people who knew he was spider-man into that into that world was to make everyone forget he was spider-man does that extend to the multiverse well um hmm yeah i don't know that would be so crappy toby spider-man gets home and mj doesn't know who he is oh no oh man you just ruined that for me i didn't think of that uh, probably. Oh no, Connor. I okay. My head canon is no. It's just him, like his specific Peter Parker, which makes no sense. Because there's rumors uh, too that they want to bring Toby and Andrew back. Yeah, for the uh, Secret Invasion movie. Yeah. So, are they gonna team up with Tom again? Are they gonna remember? Oh no! Sorry, the Tom? Secret War. It's not Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion is gonna be a TV show. Sorry, the secrets. Ca- fool me yeah i don't know man that's crazy that's crazy to think about i i hope they just kind of clean this up in the next project that references spider-man uh i'm really excited to see if they do decide he's gonna continue being an avenger uh what that means like they've still worked with spider-man before right they just don't know who it is yeah so they remember spider-man took down the vulture he participated in civil war he helped save Thanos. They just don't remember Peter. Yeah. So like, so, would it would it be as simple as him going into the sanctum and being like, "Yo, I'm Spider Man." I think as long as he was in costume, maybe. Yeah. Mm. Well, or at an Avengers meeting, Nick Fury invites him, which Nick Fury's complete lack of participation in this movie I found infuriating. I did love the only thing I liked about it was they still referenced that it wasn't Nick Fury in the second Spider Man movie. When, yeah. when his legal trouble, you know, like, is coming up. And he's like, well, Nick Fury was with me just a few months ago. Or, like, just a few days ago. You could talk to him. And they're like, well, Nick Fury's kind of off-planet, dude. What are you talking about? 
So that's that was kind of interesting. Yeah, well, I was thinking about that because I recently watched um, Far From Home. Mm-hmm. I think that in Civil War, or Winter Soldier, Nick Fury actually died, and that was Project Tahiti. Ah. Because you saw he was on vacation on a spaceship. Yeah. Tahiti from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was similar vibes. Huh. And there's been things that weren't consistent with Fury. Like, his competence has noticeably gone down since Phase 1. And in Captain Marvel, he explicitly states that he can't eat toast if it's cut a certain way. And he eats toast cut that certain way in Age of Ultron. Okay, but um, how would you explain him signaling Captain Marvel, like, in Infinity War? They have... Well, anyone can have the PDA. Yeah, but do you think he would have given that to anyone? It's possible he would have entrusted it. Well, he entrusted it in What If to Maria Hill. Well, that's that's not the MCU, though. <laughs> it's canon. Well, uh, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, I think it's an interesting theory. I don't know if I agree with it, but I, I don't... It's still a valid one, you know? Uh, it's That's pretty deep in the webs there. <laughs> Spider Man deep in the web. Also, his legs seem to have atrophied in the post credit scene. Yeah. So, anywho, uh, oh, back that... into the movie we're actually talking about. Oh, wait, that was also a little plot hole. Why would they know that Nick Fury was in space if they were playing along that he wasn't in the whole last movie? That makes no sense. That's a fair point, too. Yeah, that, that one is a big one for me. Uh, but I was just thinking about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about the whole, like, end? Besides the pothole, potholes aside, like what do you, how do you think it wrapped it up? Oh, I thought it did a good job for the most part. I mean, I don't really like the fact that Peter pretty much got dunked on the whole movie. Yeah. But I definitely really like his new costume, even his though new... we get a close up of it. Oh man, I, I want them to just release like one extra scene with the costume. Uh, there were reports actually, I think that just came out yesterday. That there was a deleted uh, post credit scene, which was all the Spider-Man returning to their universes and, like, uh, acclimating a bit more. That had better be part of the bonus is on the uh, home release. I don't know. Part of me is wondering if they cut it because of the plot uh, implications of it. So I don't know if it actually will. It'd be cool, though. But I'd like to think if they did that, then maybe they'd have another scene with Tom Holland in his new suit because it looks really cool. But, yeah, man, overall, how, what do you think of this movie? How would you rate it? What Honestly? You, what are your feelings? This is, like, 9.9 out of 10. Woof! It is so close to the perfect movie. I mean, I have minor plot hole grievances and continuity issues. And really, my only complaint going into Act 3 is I wish they hadn't smashed the goblin mask. Because mm. while I do like the new Green Goblin outfit, I feel like something's missing by leaving the face open and just having the hood on. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like part of the Green Goblin's menace is his face. And that's an insult to Willem Dafoe if you say his face is menacing enough to justify it, it being its own <laughs> mask. Yeah. 
I I really like this movie as well. I'm not as hot on it as you, but only so I'd probably give it around like a 90, you know, like an A or something. Uh, just because I didn't really like the first third that much. I didn't like hate it or anything, but I got the vibes in this movie that they they really liked where it was going, so they rushed as quickly as they could to it. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Like, this couldn't be a four-hour movie. So they're like, all right, how do we justify a plot to get to the good stuff? Because we know that's really good, but we can't just start there. That makes no sense. Well, to be fair, though, you they can't have the movie be any longer than about three hours. Yeah. I it just and... It just felt really rushed up until that, like, probably midway point. To me, at least, like some of the decisions just weren't like they were too plot holy. Where it's like, if you actually think about any of these issues for more than a minute, you could resolve them by yourself. So I don't know. Like again, it didn't it didn't drag the movie down very much for me. Just a little bit more than you. So I still think I definitely think this was the best of the Tom Holland movies. I think this was better than either of the Amazing Spider-Man movies. And I would put this up with the first two Tobey Maguire ones, probably better than the first. I don't know. That's, that's tough to say. But I think it's up to par with those two movies. Uh, we're not doing our Spider-Man rankings today, but I, I'd rank, I'd put this one pretty high up. I agreed that this is definitely going very high up on the rankings. Yeah, this is so, this was an amazing movie. And I'm really excited. You know, they had to do a soft reboot with the un- unsure like relationship with Sony and um, Disney. But now we kind of we've already gotten answers on what some of that's going to look like. But they had to do some type of soft reboot just in case. And I thought this was a pretty cool way to do it. So yeah, yeah. It'd be really cool though if now they did Spider-Man Four and Amazing Spider-Man Three. Uh, it would be really cool to an extent. I don't know. I want them to do, I want them to continue the stories of them. I don't know if I want it to be sequels. I don't know what I want. I just want more of them somehow. So if that means being in like secret wars then sure, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. I, I like that Spider-Man's on top, baby. Oh dude, this movie is on it's on course to become one of the top 10 highest grossing films of all time unadjusted for inflation. It officially today became Sony's highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah, they're not going to abandon the MCU anytime soon. They're no. making too much money. It would be ignorant. Also, fun news though, uh, when you're talking about the Spider-Verse in general, uh, Morbius just got delayed to April. So, <laughs> oh, they're clearly banking no. on what's working and ignoring the rest of it. Um, <laughs> but, Oh no! Oh no! It gives more time for Blade to prepare himself. Yes. Yeah. They they just keep pushing it back so the Blade movie comes out first. <laughs> um, Seriously, if that movie is just five minutes of Morbius, an hour and a half of Blade sitting in a chair after killing Morbius, <laughs> I'll be fine with that. You know, this is at least the second time we've brought this up, and we're trying to manifest it. <laughs> I'm I'm willing it into existence. Yes. I want them to do that, like the Deadpool Christmas special. Oh, goodness. That'd be amazing. But 
I think it's time we wrap up our Spider-Man No Way Home spoiler cast. Folks, thank you for listening. I have two last messages to bring you today. Number one, rest in peace to Betty White. Oh, queen. Queen. We love she you. She gave her life yes. to us. You and Aunt May can hang out together. Um, not Marissa Tomei, though. She's still alive. So, like, just the fictional version. Um, new, uh, new episodes of Golden Girls will be airing soon in heaven. Yes, yes. Um, catch your flights today. And uh, the, the last word, Connor. If you're Tobey Maguire, right? Uh-huh. And you've just been swinging webs for hours. You're using all your web fluid that's shooting out of your wrist. It's probably got to make you pretty, like, tired, right? Maybe a little dehydrated. Yeah, but I'm sure a little pizza will solve that. Some pizza. Get some pizza time. And um, if you're not drinking soda, because when I'm, when I'm having pizza, I really love to have a Coca-Cola or a cream soda. Ooh, crucified. Ah, man. But if I'm not having that, you know, we're just talking bare bones here. You got to at least have some water and stay hydrated. And just like Henley just said, waves. Hey, bud. What's up? You feel like this is a cheap cop-out? What do you mean? Like, there was a build-up to a trilogy, but now fans are going to be upset because it was actually a build-up to nothing. Yeah, well, you know, let's just be thankful that we got a third Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. True. But when do you think reality is going to sink in for old Mr. J? Not sure. You think he'll just accept a picture of Batman or Superman? I guess he's just going to have to settle for someone who actually exists. Hmm.